Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined Lauren and Paul as together we restlessly seek the face of Christ in the midst of today's crazy and mixed up world. And the reason why the world is crazy and mixed up is because we have some kind of messed up leaders, not only politically, but, you know, over the past 70 years in the church, there's been lots of confusions and things. And and so today's topic is actually about obedience, Mm -hmm. which I think deals a lot with leaders, because I don't know about you, but I have always struggled with obedience. Um, I can relate to that. Can you? Yes. Paul? Well, uh, sometimes. I think my, my, one of my, I have a few idioms at work that I live by. One of them is I do as I'm told. <laughs> that's how you keep a job. Because it's just, that's exactly right. I, I do as I'm told. I, when I was in college, my senior thesis was all about authority and what are the limits of authority? Because I wanted to find out exactly how much do I have, did I have to obey? And that was as far as I was going. Obey your boss? Anything. Civil authorities. Um, yeah, my boss. You look at Henry David Thoreau, civil disobedience. Yeah, and I mean, like, things like the COVID pandemic showed me a lot of, like, you know, I was pretty disobedient to what our, the CDC <laughs> recommended, you know? Yeah. There were some people who were like, I got to do exactly what the government says. And I'm like, heck no. I very early on said, I don't follow rules that don't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And other people looked at me like, you're nuts. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I mean, all, Common sense, all three of us were going hiking, like, in the midst of that crazy yeah. pandemic. And Yeah, I had I had my, like, seven hours of panic, and then I moved on from COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, right. Yeah. But, but I think a large part of that was how we dealt with authority. And, and a large part of that was a market dropping 30% in, like, seven days. So there was That, that was your panic? That was part of the panic, yeah. <laughs> I don't invest, so it's all good. There you go. So, like, when you guys were kids, were you pretty obedient? Um, hmm, that's an interesting question. I would say generally. I would think I might describe me as an obedient person. I think my parents would disagree. I'll get a text message. They'll disagree. <laughs> when I was bad, my mom would call me Saul. Oh, no. Yep. Yep, that happened. That's, that's rough. That's rough. So, I think I was fairly obedient. I would think as a little kid, like toddler for... Five, I'll say yes, but as like a middle-aged kid, six to ten or eleven, I'd say probably not. Hmm. Like it was never like my parents said, "Hey, get your stuff for leaving," and I jumped up. It always be like, "Ah, eh, we got another ten minutes at least, right?" Oh no! Like keep playing that kind of thing. And one time, I remember like my amazement that my two cousins, Andy and Marie, got up immediately when their dad said it was time to go, and I was stunned. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And my dad witnessed it too. And so he's like, did you see how quickly they got up and listened to their parents? And I was like, yes, I did. That's (laughs) I did not not intend to take any action on that, but I did see it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I was never even, even as a teenager, I was never rebellious. It's not, not rebellious. So you were obedient to Um, your parents? I was obedient to my parents and definitely obedient to like the church teaching. I've never like had that moment of like, I'm going to. Miss Mass on Sunday because I can't. Like I was, just, you know, never, never did that, or didn't even fight it. I was just like, okay, you know. But, but I, I had a very, very thin hypocrisy sensor. I remember very clearly being in Boy Scouts, and for the most part, I had very good leaders in Boy Scouts. But there was one in particular who I really didn't like, who I thought 
was not a good person just in general. And I did everything possible to undermine his leadership. Everything possible. Like he would, I was at that, at that point I was the, one of the oldest boys in the troop and the, you know, the leader who was, he, he was either scoutmaster, like assistant scoutmaster or something. And he's like, all right, you know, you have to get up the other boys to go do this task. And I would turn to the other boys and be like, guys, do whatever you want. We're not following him. Wow. And like, I mean, it was, it was that blunt. Like I just, I was like, I don't really care about this guy. And, and so I think growing up in a, you know, there were many like parish priests that I had that were not good men, not virtuous men, mm-hmm. you know, and so I kind of got that hypocrisy sensor mm. and I was like, I'm See? not going to obey people that I don't respect. That's a righteousness in you. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's also caused a lot of trouble mm. <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Maybe there was a better way to handle those things. Absolutely. Yeah. When I look at looking back, I yeah. always, I always look <laughs> at it as it's like cost benefit analysis. So, mm. So when I say I do as I'm told at work, I I use that as much as I can until the moment when there's something that's unreasonable. That's good, yeah. Right, because you build up credibility. Yes. You know, like, such I, that when you disagree with something, they know you're serious. Yeah. Because if you do, if you don't do as you're told all the time, when that important thing comes up, you won't be taken seriously. That's a great point. And that's the same with most things in life. Yeah. You save it for the right reason. Yeah. You save it for the right reason. So, I mean, we all speed. I mean, we live in Connecticut, so the speed limit is actually 15 miles per hour over the posted speed limit. Yeah, the Merritt Speedway. Right. I That's 70. You, and no one goes below 70. No one goes below 70. If the speed limit's 55, everyone's going to, And if you're not going 70, you're going to have, you're going to cause traffic jam. Oh, yeah, because I'm honking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up front. Um, Oh, the worst is when two people from Massachusetts, sorry, from Massachusetts, <laughs> are driving slowly next to one another on the two-lane I Merit can't Parkway. understand slow driving, personally. I don't know. A, a, a car goes fast. You need to get to your destination. <laughs> well, it is. It, Drive fast and get there. It's all about reaction sooner. time. and. I know Father Joseph's with me. I'm totally with you, 100%. Yeah. In any case. But and it's we don't, not unsafe. It can be. Well, the issue is... There's, there's you I know, a range. From what I've heard, when you get older, your re- reflexes get slower. That's correct. Hmm. I don't think you're there yet. I'm not there yet. No, but like the people I drive behind are. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. No, driving fast oh, is, yeah. is less safe the worst. statistically than driving slower. It's oh, yeah. fact. Sure. Like it's just fact, empirical evidence. However, <laughs> we don't egregiously speed. We're not going 90 normally, although I've hit 100. But have you really? Yeah, going toward like Sikorsky, the Sikorsky Bridge going south on that giant hill. Yeah, oh, that is a great hill. You could just, you could fly on that. But I have never in my car, I've never in my car gone over 85. That's good. Ever. Probably because my car would literally fall apart. Not even like if you're on a road trip, you know, and it's like a very empty highway. I have never. I remember one time Never I was driving life. my car and I looked down, I was going like 92 on, on 684 and I was like, oh crap, I got to slow down. Like I'm going to get a ticket in New York 92, instantly. 92 I can go to jail. Speed. You can go to jail. For that? Well, yeah, I guess that's probably it's reckless, reckless driving. driving. Yeah. 20 miles so anyway, over. but my point is you don't egregiously <laughs> speed, right? You don't go 92 on 684 normally. You might push it a bit, but you generally follow the rules of the road. You're not going through red lights. You're stopping or slowing down mostly at stop signs, <laughs> right? But that time when yellow you need, means speed up, right? But that time when you need to get someplace quickly, <laughs> hopefully you can do it. You know, you've kind of like you've earned your kind of earned it. You've earned it, yeah. 
And uh, so, so okay. So when the cops pulls you over and you're like, but I, but I always drive the speed limit. It's just this one time. Do you think you'd let you? Well, go? if you have an issue, if you have somebody's about to give baby in the car, or you've you know your Birth. arm is on this passenger seat, <laughs> like it's just some issue, you know, like then then you have some sympathy there. Yes, of but course. if he runs yeah. your plate before he gets in and sees you have eight speeding tickets, you're you're done. Now that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So you will retreat it with greater mercy if you don't have right a that one time when you're really late for something and you get pulled over. And they say you haven't had a speeding ticket ever, which I've never had a speeding ticket. Somehow. You've never had a speeding nope. ticket? Wow. Yeah. After going 92? Oh, my gosh. After going 100 on the Merit. Going 100 on the Merit and not a speed. Well, there's no cops on the Merit. There aren't usually. No. We're not giving our listeners Also, by the way, to listening to any law enforcement out there, it's past the statute of limitations, so settle down. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know Paul's last name, so there you go. Uh, great. But his license number is two three. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you know, it's it's so interesting. I think in our modern culture, this idea of obedience, because a lot of people think obedience is equal to slavery. Is it? Is obedience slavery or is it freedom? Both. It is not neither? slavery. Not slavery. Let's just put that out there. Um. Okay. So I've been told this before, right? It's like when you submit your will to someone else, whether it's religious life or whatever God is calling you, that is when you are the most free. Mm. But I can't say I fully understand that or that I subscribe to that yet. Hmm. Well, I'll, 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 maybe I'll, I'll put that in a different direction. I've told this to a lot of people and they look at me quizzically, but I think it makes sense, is that Catholicism, which is Viewed at viewed as rules, right, by the outside world, especially by Protestants and stuff. Oh, yeah. So many rules, so many things you have to do, so many things you can't do. All these rules and rules. You have a whole book, canon law and catechism and all this stuff. It's rules. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, it's really simple. Just follow the rules, <laughs> right? No, seriously, just follow the rules. So one example, I brought this up before, but one example is is that you don't, you can eat meat on Fridays now outside of Lent. That is allowed, but you have to do another penance. But the church still recommends you not eat meat on Fridays as your penance. So I'm simple. Like, keep it simple. Just don't eat meat on Fridays during Mm. the year. And then you don't have to consider whether or not your alternate penance is sufficient. Because the church has already provided a guideline of what is a sufficient penance. That's fair. And that's a rule. You can follow that rule. So it's like, just follow the rules. Follow, Follow what the church teaches. And that's so freeing. You don't have to think about it. You, there's yeah, so many things to think about. Your circle, our circles of concern are, are large, but we have this given to us on a plate. Here, this <laughs> no, is for you. No pun intended, because it's fish. I, I guess sorry. that was <laughs> I'm sorry. that was a poor no pun intended, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the uh, pun was definitely intended. Great. Well, yeah, people you know, would say you know that's fine, but um, my company is having a big party at the end of the week and they're serving you know a whole slew of steak and chicken and burgers and you're telling me i can't he- eat any of it but it's not penance if it doesn't cost you anything yes exactly right, right. i mean yeah well even when we were at a engagement dinner and i sat across from you not engagement dinner uh, uh wedding rehearsal, dinner. Uh, rehearsal yeah. dinner yeah and i was sitting across from you not my i'm not married not my rehearsal dinner yeah I guess you don't. You can have a rehearsal dinner and not get married. That's happened. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's happened. Uh, I was sitting across across from you, and it was a Friday night, and all this meat and stuff was served. And I was like, "Well, is this is this like breaking the fast, the, the Friday?" Fast? And you're like, "Well, it's a celebration." 
but then yeah so it's a celebration it's like a special event that's that's holy it's a wedding so that's different than just a work party i think so there's there's always so there's some judgment. <laughs> that's right. It's also like it's also the eve of the right. It's the vigil of the of the and, celebration. Well, this year, Friday, one of the Fridays in Lent is St. Patrick's Day, and that is always a giant debate in New York. It's allowed because he's a patron saint of New York City, but not in Connecticut. But not in Connecticut. Not Connecticut. So you can go. He, can't, bishop can go, decide that though. Usually? Yes, the bishop can decide that. Yeah. Okay. I remember the Archbishop of Hartford. Whenever that would happen, he would always dispense of the Friday no meat, which I always thought was silly. Yeah, because the patron Saturday, patron saint of which is funny because actually the patron saint of Archdiocese Hartford is Saint Joseph, which is two days later. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> but actually, it's a solemnity, so that applies always. I would say you have to have you have to be fifty percent Irish in order for that disp- dispensation to apply. I don't think that, I don't think that's true. Holla. I'm three. I'm I'm three sixteenth Irish. <laughs> three sixteenth? Ah, you don't count. You don't count. No. So going back to that that freedom thing, I think for me it's helpful to make a distinction between freedom from and freedom for. You know, freedom from restrictions is what the world thinks freedom is, which there's no limitations to do whatever you want. But freedom for is freedom for excellence. Like, for example, if a little kid sits down at a piano, they have the freedom to play whatever they want. But do they really have the freedom to play for Elise or, you know, some beautiful uh, Mozart piece? Not really, because they haven't trained themselves and disciplined their freedom so that they can play whatever they want. You have to follow the rules of the music. You have to follow essential. the rules of the music, right? You have to yeah. be able to read the music. But I mean, you could bang on the piano and make a noise, but it's not going to be anything beautiful. So, in the same way, you know, the church gives us rules and restrictions, and, and asks our obedience. Yeah, it does take away our limitations, but it also gives us the freedom to become excellent human beings mm-hmm. in the image and likeness of Christ. And I think that's kind of to, to Lauren's point about like when you enter into marriage or priesthood or religious life, you become more free. Yes. I am not free from a lot of restrictions. I have a ton of restrictions. You know, I can't just hop on a plane and go to Jamaica like you did mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, which was awesome. I can't wait mm-hmm. to hear more about that story. <laughs> but uh, but that's okay because my freedom is for becoming the, the the man that God created me to be, which is a priest, another another Christ. Yes, exactly. And you're also just making it, me think of sin since we're talking about obedience to the church, right? Um, I think a lot of people aren't aware of sins, because maybe they only know the Ten Commandments, um, but it, it goes much deeper than that, right? Like drinking too much or getting high or um, like sins of lust, right? There's a ton that I'm sure many people do all the time. And they'd say, how can we not do this, right? Like human human nature, whatever, or smoking or drinking isn't so bad. Like what gives, right? But when we're talking about freedom, we know that sins enslave us Mm. we may not realize it you know you don't you think you're choosing it because you want to but you're a slave to that sin right you're not free right right you you have to or in a lot of times or you can get to a point where you have to act out that thing and it's not leading you to happiness right right and people are in denial about that obviously they think they're happy or they think they're content or they don't see how that sin is harming them um, cause maybe it's somewhat hidden, but when you go deeper in the faith, when you learn more about the truth of the Catholic church and that it's all for our goodness, right. And you become aware of these things and actually desire, I think, to be better and rid yourself of these like enslavements. Right. Yeah. So, so how would you, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a moment, Lauren. How would you respond to somebody who says, well, 
why should I obey a church teaching that I don't understand? You know, especially I think about, you know, things like, you know, not using birth control being one of them that a lot of people say, I don't understand it, so therefore I don't need to obey it because I don't see any harm. And my doctor said I should do it for all these reasons, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, my husband wants to, my wife wants to, whatever, you know. Well. Should you obey something you don't understand? Yes. I would say your reason, human reason, is limited, right? God's reason is infinite, and we can trust the church and what has been passed down because our faith tells us it's from God, it's from the Holy Spirit, it's from Jesus Christ himself, and that makes it trustworthy. And, you know, uh, think of, like, you know, a pastime in your life where— you were gung-ho about something. Let's say someone you had a crush on, you thought they were like the most amazing guy ever, and then you actually got to know them and realized they were awful, right? Mm. But in your mind, at that moment, you wanted to marry that guy, right? And um, you were wrong, right? Your reason was limited. We do this all the time. Colored by right? We constantly change our thoughts and, and how we think about things, whether it's like fashion or foods that we used to like or just opinions, right? Uh, it could be in politics, like a number of things. Our reason constantly changes, but we have our creator, right? We're creatures and we can trust in him hmm. and his church. I like that answer. So how would you then say that we should obey without becoming unthinking sheep, right? Because that's the idea that, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to, the church just wants me to obey and just be unthinking. Well, it doesn't hurt to ask questions, you know, like that's how my formation really started was befriending Father Andy and for the first time, I had someone I could ask questions about, uh, you know, a church teaching about the faith about. And, like, we circled the former parking lot behind St. John's once. Oh, really? Yeah. And so that was, like, a special gift that I got, right, that friendship. Um, and I try, you know, as well. I mean, it's so funny, too. Like, as you go deeper, like, the same things just come up with with people that you meet, like, whether it's an atheist or doubting God's existence, like, this lack of trust or uh, what the church says or talking to a Protestant, you know, the same constant things. Scripture alone, well, that is, like, hypocritical considering what Scripture says itself, right? Um, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say ask questions and— Look for uh, reliable sources, and um, it's about trust, right? Yeah. Things don't I, always make sense to us. Yeah, I think it's also an act of humility mm. if you don't understand, but yeah, you, trust, you trust the church, and you believe. You believe that Jesus pa- that gave us the church so that I don't have to understand every last thing. Right. We believe That's a humility. We believe so that we might— understand not we un- we have to understand first and then we'll believe correct it's the same reason why what 99.999 percent of people don't know how the picture comes on the tv that's true i don't but you hit the button on the remote and it pops up yeah but you don't you don't need to understand how the tv works to use the tv that is true and it's the same thing with faith well with religion we'll say which is a more precise term i would say yeah I don't need to understand every last canon law to follow it. Right. Knowing that there are people that do know how the TV works. Right. And you can and trust them. And yeah, and it works, and I don't need to think about it. And there's a lot of canon lawyers and famous theologians who have put way more time, effort, and intelligence into things than I can. That is one thing that strikes me is, you know, when people say, I don't believe what the church teaches, I say, are you smarter than Thomas Aquinas? Because he believed. 
You know, if you don't believe, I mean, you're smarter than, you know, St. John Paul II. Like some of well, they might say, minds, they might say, I don't know who those people are or I don't care. And you say, well, true. are you smarter than the collective magisterium, which has been developed over 2,000 years? Are you smarter than that? Right. Collectively? Right. Yeah. I mean, the like one brain, multiple brains is smarter than one brain. Yeah. But I think one thing, you know, you talk about like um, trusting the TV guy. You know, but it seems like in today's world, like authorities being questioned so much on every sphere, right? I mean, to, to some extent, or implicitly trusted when they shouldn't be. It depends. Like what? Give me an example. Um, I think that there's. I think it's the. Well, I think it's it's changing. It, it's it's you still trust authority, but it's changing. Mm, like I trust Google. No, no, no. Um, Wikipedia. Of that. Well, maybe you do. I don't. <laughs> I, I, don't. Wi- I trust Wikipedia. I don't know. Wikipedia is very trustworthy. People sourced. Yeah. Wikipedia is now they have paid creators. It's actually it's quite accurate. Besides the point. No, I think <laughs> that it's changing. So we used to have like the the basis of society used to be we have all these shared at least Western society we have all these shared virtues, right? And then you can build a free society on top of that such that you need little fewer laws because the shared set of values and virtues governs behavior more than laws will. Hmm. That's the foundation of the West. Okay. But that's changing because that bedrock of values and virtues is falling apart. Yeah, true. And we're trying to promote it by listening to Veritas Catholic Radio. But <laughs> 1350 AM. And also donating. Um, but <laughs> but when that bedrock goes away then your only other recourse is to trust politicians and your politicians become your God or the environment, or if you're big into the environmental cause, then it's the environmentalists that become like, you should follow all these rules about your carbon footprint and what you should eat and shouldn't eat based on environmental damage or whatever your, your God little case scare quote God is that will replace. And that's the authority that you're going to trust. Right. So you're questioning the authority that's t- that's in place now because it's based on a system of values and virtues you do not hold. Huh. And now you're you're actually obeying a different authority which is unfounded and not based on this bedrock of virtues and values which has formed the West as appropriately it should have been. That's a very interesting insight because I mean certainly- Well, thank you Jordan Peterson. That's his insight. Well, thank you Jordan Peterson. I didn't know we were interviewing him for tonight's right. episode. Yes, my accent's less strong than his. That's okay. That's okay. You you succinctly put it very well. But I think that's that goes back to the whole COVID pandemic, you know, when, I mean, the big thing was follow the science, right? Trust the scientists. And there's been, you know, some evidence that some of the scientists perhaps may not have been acting in the best interest of us. And they, they were politically motivated, politically motivated, financially motivated. Lots of deception. Lots of deception, Lies. right? So, so but I mean, there, there was also just a lot of, like, with COVID, that's where we started. Maybe that's where we won. But, you know, with COVID, there was a lot of unknowns. So I, 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 I was willing to give authorities to benefit of the doubt for like 60 days sure and then when the evidence wasn't supporting that that's when you can start questioning it but but it's because i had this bedrock or i believe that i have this bedrock of values and virtues to be able to like assess that where it's like okay like should our family get should i go to i don't even think we could have you know we couldn't have at the beginning but like should the family get together for easter yeah right should should we get together for Easter, like outside on a porch? That's a valid And question. the authorities said, no, no more than 10 people. But like, isn't celebrating like the resurrection more important? Sure, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't as a family. Oh, you didn't? You didn't, no. didn't do Easter? No, I mean, no. We didn't get together as a family. Oh, no, that's too bad. Yeah, it was very sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think you have a good point. That and and that actually brings us kind of to the next point is like, at what point are we called to disobey? Whether it's our boss, whether it's our, you know, maybe it's our spiritual director telling us something that we're kind of like, ah, I don't know about that, or a civil authority. You know, what point is disobedience the right course of action? I think if it violates, if it if it if it violates what the church teaches as being virtuous. Mm. Right. That's so true. if, if God, so yeah. in any situation, I, I probably would have had the opportunity to invest into IVF companies, companies like fertility companies. And I, I respectfully recuse myself and it was fine. And my boss was Catholic. It was fine. But like there is a situation where somebody might lose their job over that. Yeah. Because I'm not working on that. I will not invest in that. I will not. Somebody else work on it. And you might be questioned. And that's one of those situations where you you should. Or getting the COVID vaccine. Yeah, if people have a... Which real... was mandated in several industries, right? And thousands of people quit their jobs. Yeah. Because they were not going to obey, right? And the federal government tried to mandate this, right? For companies with people, more than 100 people, right? Supreme Court shot it. How ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, generally speaking, our internal senses are right you know, like even uh, if you may I think, get. So if you have a good foundation, not everyone's. Infernal. I think you know what I'm, I mean. He's asking when do you disobey, right? Like I think you know, like you have a gut feeling, like this is worth it, right? This is important enough to me, or you know, yeah, like this is yeah. worth taking a stand for because it's wrong, it's unjust. Like I mean, I, I, would, I look I'd, at my tax bill every year and I say like, oh my gosh, I'm paying too much. Like this is wrong. But I still write the check. Right? I mean, it's, uh, I, I agree with you there. I agree you know, with you there. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, uh, yeah. it goes back to I do as I'm told, right? There's you follow along until it's that one thing that's like the no. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I would. I would agree with you. Certainly, the church teaching being the primary reason why we should ever disobey an authority. But although I, thought, I think also common sense falls under that because there's a lot of rules and regulations being made now that are against common sense. Unfortunately, common sense has changed. And that goes back to my prior commentary. Common sense, yeah, has changed. Common right? sense because has we, changed. Because we've lost those those supernatural values. and, and that's, It's true, yeah. yeah. Like, why, why wouldn't I follow the authority? They're my God. Yeah. Right? The politicians are my God, sure, so yeah, why wouldn't I listen that, to them? They or the news anchors, right? Or whoever, yeah. Whoever right, news anchors, you, you name it. People are addicted to the news. Sometimes. But not going to church. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, I don't want to make light of it, but I think uh, a lot of people mistrust the church because of bad priests that they personally have encountered or that they know of. That's fair. Mm-hmm. In which case, you always just say, well, that's an individual person, right? We're all, unfortunately, um, prone to sin. And, like, yes, evil can enter even the most sacred places, but the church is an institution that's 2,000 years old, instituted by Christ, guided by the Holy Spirit, Right. And the actions of horrible people don't detract from that. Mm. But it does get complicated. Right. Like. But you make I think you make a great point in that our obedience to the church is not dependent upon the person's particular holiness. Mm. So like you may have a bad pastor, or a bad bishop, but as long as what they're saying is not wrong at this moment, that we need to do X. Mm-hmm. You know, we but sometimes that do does X. happen. People in the church do say things that are wrong or against the church. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. So. Well, that's why in in our way as laity that we can help build up the church, 
is also being part of the church. And I think that it's important that it's like, okay, well, if you're a pastor and it's hard and you're in rural areas and you're in like Alaska, you need to fly to your local, you know, the next church. But (laughs) in most cases you can build a network of priests and a community or religious or whoever you might have around you to check things. Yeah. And you can also rely on your bishop, although some are more inaccessible than others, but you could often rely on your bishop. Just, you know, just a couple of days ago, um, there was a certain cardinal of the United States who came out with a very public letter saying that we need to give start giving Holy Communion to people living in same-sex relationships and mm. this and that. And so, yeah, there's something sometimes you can't always trust. But that's why you have the network. That's right. So, so you, yeah. see, you see the broader church, like, okay, that, this is one individual bishop, but that's not what we've always taught for centuries. Right. And we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Indeed. So here's here's the last question with a couple of minutes left. When we're talking about obedience, in relationship to our relationship with God, should we obey God or love God? Or how do we balance both obedience and love for God? It's both. Or are they not mutually? Are they not contradictory? They're not contradictory. You obey your parents and you love them. Hmm, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think I don't obeying think means so. means love, right? You're willing to listen, as we talked about earlier, even if you don't fully understand. I think you can obey without loving, but you can't love without obeying. Say that again? But why would you obey if you don't love? If, like, if you don't trust fear, it. Fear of punishment. Oh. That's fair, though. Right? So, I mean, there's a lot of people that have, have said to me, Father, I, you know, I go to confession, I follow the commandments only because I don't want to go to hell. Well, it's imperfect contrition. Right, exactly. Yeah. Which is still valid. It is, but not great. Definitely not, it's not what great. we're striving for. No. And I think oftentimes God's will uh, does push you, right? It does get you out of your comfort zone. That's what God always does, mm. right? He'll pull something out of you that you didn't know was there. Has God asked you to do something that sure. is really tough? Well, even just when I started youth group, I didn't want to do that initially. Mm. I didn't think that I was qualified or capable or that I'm you know, theologically versed enough, you know, <laughs> especially for Cardinal Kung children, right? But I was encouraged to do it, and I've now been doing it for a year and a half, right? And I really enjoy it, and I think the talents that I have and the skills that God has given me have caused me to do well, right? I'm certainly not perfect. It could be better, but yeah, I it's like a main focus, right? Every week is what are we doing with the kids? And I really enjoy that time. So mm. I would have just said no, right? Mm. But and I think it was of God's will that I was called to do that. And yeah, you take that step and trust and things are always intimidating at first, but definitely you have good support and you just start and you try and, and that's it. God leads you. God's hands, yeah. yeah. As long as we're obedient to him and to what we think he's calling us to, he will grace that. Mm, very true. Bless that in abundance. So here's the challenge. Go be obedient to God, to this church, and as far as, as common sense and our church teaching allows, to the authorities in your life, whether it's your parents, whether it's your boss, whether it's the state trooper who's about to pull you over for going 92 on the merit. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> on the statute of limitations. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, also 103.9 FM. Tune in next time. God bless.